Hey everyone and welcome back to the show. This is Miles on the Grid and I'm your host Miles. In, in today's episode we have an interview with Ferdinand Habsburg. So he is a racing driver for the WRT team over in Belgium, uh, currently racing in LMP2, uh, so racing uh, sports cars, and he'll be taking part in the Mons uh, this weekend. So I caught up with him and his manager just ahead of the the event to try and see what it takes in order to become a racing driver, how he approaches the race, the mindset of a racer very much, um, and just trying to understand a bit more about him as a person. So if you enjoy, please have a listen and I will see you in the show. Uh, I am an Austrian uh, racing driver, age 24. Nice. Um, I live in Vienna. I've been racing in uh, ra- my first season in race cars was in twenty fourteen. Uh, uh, okay, if I nice. Correctly. So yeah, seven years. That right? Wow. Yeah, four, eight, seven years. Seven years now. And um, I, before I raced in go karts uh, for a bunch of years. Okay. Uh, so I started when I was eleven years old, and um, just kind of um, went up the ranks and uh, with the original dream of going to Formula One. Yeah. And. Uh, then uh, racing in uh, Formula Renault and then going to Formula 3, where uh, I was racing with uh, the guys who were there now, Lando, yeah. um, Peter, Mick, um, some of the other guys, uh, also the guys who are on F2 right now, like Schwartzman and Zoo. And, yeah. Uh, there's like a bunch of them who are up there. Um, Count Pilot, for example, as well, a bunch of them. And uh, I just kind of uh, saw that route to Formula One is very cutthroat, extremely yeah. expensive, uh, tricky to find uh, funding for uh, uh, a one, let alone two Formula Two seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, since there's no manufacturers in it, there's no, everybody has to you know find their own way into Formula Two. Yes. And uh, I, I saw an opportunity to uh, go towards a manufacturer in DTM as Aston Martin was entering it. Nice. And it was just kind of like a, a a first opportunity to step away from the typical route and go towards the manufacturer that are spending money themselves. And yeah. uh, that just seemed as a concept intriguing to me to be a factory driver uh, yeah. for the first time and uh, and just kind of see what DTM was like because I was watching DTM in Formula 3. We raced in the same weekend. So, okay, nice. Um, and uh, it's a really, really, really top championship. Uh, and highly regarded, especially within the motorsport community. Yeah. Um, and uh, so then I, I decided I, I would go for it and then take the jump to, let's say, that was my first move towards sports cars. Yeah. Uh, or anything with a roof, basically. <laughs> uh, and uh, tin top, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I quickly recognized that uh, uh, tin top racing, whatever you want to call it, is, is uh, extremely. Um, extremely competitive uh, the cars are, are so much more impressive to drive than i had anticipated coming out of a formula 3 car which is already a really 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 exciting car to drive okay um, sure. i ended up enjoying it a lot then moving to wrt racing with audi and dtm in my second year yes and uh sort of staying with the family going on the on the sort of the road to le mans and the racing in the world Jones championship so first time racing in a, in a world championship that's my racing yeah uh uh, what else is interesting? Um, I'm single for all the lovely girls out there. Okay, cool. <laughs> Do you have our listeners? <laughs> I, um, I have a, a, an environmental project. Which oh, nice. Is trying to get more uh, 
teams to join when it comes to reducing our carbon footprint within the racing community and also offsetting all of our uh, racing. So all of my racing activities this year have been completely offset to carbon net neutral. Yeah, yeah sure. Um, which is sort of something I've been doing, wanting to do for a while, but I've finally done the work and the research and uh, the sort of the scientific necessary background uh, um, that I needed to to really find out what is really the footprint that I'm producing myself and the team. Yeah. Um, and including everything, flights, hire cars, tires, fuel, uh, trucks, everything. And uh, we've uh, been supporting a project in, in Ecuador called the Naruto Reserve. Okay. Um, to, to protect uh, endangered forests and uh, yeah so that was that was another thing so so um, just just a quick question how do you find time to to do all of these things alongside your racing career because for me i i do i have my my day job and then i try and race go-karts on the weekend just for fun and then i do the podcast and my wife and i we, we do a few other small projects but as a full-time career you're traveling across the world all the time you're based in vienna but how, how do you find the time to to balance well, first of all, uh, racing is a summer sport, you know, like mm. uh, you have your time off in the winter and uh, it's one of those things that you, it's intense yeah. for a solid two weeks or, 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 or four days or, you know, two to three weeks sometimes, but uh, uh, you normally you always get your Monday, Tuesday, Wednesdays off. Okay. And nice. uh, uh, let's say in the past, I I really needed those days to like get my brain unfuzzled. Yeah. Know? Um, from whatever was going on. And as I'm now 24, let's say, been doing it for a while, I noticed that I'm, I'm more efficient with my energy consumption. My uh, my brain capacity was starting to need to be a bit um, enriched, let's say. Um, doing this, this job is, is a really, really privileged job to have. Yes. But at the same time, it can be repetitive in a way. It comes with a lot of pressure, yeah. and that's always something that you deal with in a different way. But uh, I felt like I wanted to, to do other things. I had, the, the, the again, the privilege that when I, at a young age, my parents took me traveling a lot. And, uh, and um, I was just sort of lucky to see a lot of the world. And it kind of made me go like, all right, there's so much out there that I'm mm. not doing that I'm like, I've got to find my time to do it. And then at some point, I realized that I'm getting more out of it than I'm putting in somehow. And uh, so that that was it. On top of that, I, I I I most of the time I'm lucky that I do what I love, you know. So yeah. I'm not I'm not having to deal with oh got it I've got to do this now. Okay, that's every time I want to go training, that's how I go. Of course. <laughs> but uh, that's that's it. So um, yeah. So, I, yeah. So I mean, just just following on from that. Um, and to, because I know time's against us and we have about 15 minutes or so, but just to get into your sort of mindset when it comes to approaching a race or uh, approaching a race weekend, I, I know you mentioned that you're not necessarily the biggest fan of training. Uh, and of course it plays a part. Um, and me being a former personal trainer, I can completely understand that. <laughs> um, but how do you approach a race and, and what sort of things do you take into consideration? Well, this one's a big one. So this one I've been preparing for a lot longer. Um, so I set myself goals when it yeah. comes to my body weight, uh, my nutrition, uh, how I want to feel. Mm. Uh, because again, uh, it's, I'm still doing this, like I've been, I'm doing the same thing for a bunch of years and I, I am more and more aware. So I used to have trainers, uh, for, for years okay. and I, since now, since now, since a year, I've, I've gotten rid of all of that and I'm just so, um, focusing on, on how I feel 
And so uh, nutrition plays a huge role. Yes. I play a lot with my uh, nutrition. I uh, change from uh, vegetarian diet to all these different kinds of crazy Yeah, diets. yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and I kind of try to figure out which one works best for me. Um, and uh, same for my body, you know, if I feel like I need a bit more power, then I yeah. hit the gym a couple more times in the week. Or if I need uh, just a bit a bit of cardio, you know, just send it on the bike. Um, yeah, but getting the mind in the right place and listening to how I feel in my body yeah. is the best thing that I can do. So it's quite individual. Okay. And it, it sounds very specific depending upon what you want to gain out of the race, like whether you want more power, like you mentioned, you would try and do a few more weights or whether you want more cardio, you'll, you'll, you'll jump on the bike. Um, would you say that that translates itself also when it comes to being in the car itself? So um, you mentioned your sort of mindset when approaching the race weekend, but how do you become completely optimal when you're in the car? Let's say you're you're about to approach Eau Rouge and you want to make sure, you know, everything is okay and you're going to take the right apex and, and everything like that. How do you maintain focus on track? It's literally like... It's all in the mind. Mm. Like my body is, uh, I'm 24 and, and, I, and I like to work out a little bit. At least, yeah. So I left, I've got a healthy body and I'm, I'm able to drive a racing car, but it's all in my mind. If I don't feel strong, if I feel weak, yeah. my neck's going to hurt or my, my ribs going to hurt. Mm. My, my back is going to start aching and my leg starts to cramp. And Because you're sitting in there for a long period of time in the end and it's, it's all in the head. If I'm feeling strong and I'm enjoying myself, you don't even think of nothing. It's yeah. Like, if you're having a good day, you don't deadlift an extra 10 kgs. Just True. You're, <laughs> if you're having a bad day, you're not going to make it. Yeah. So it's the same principle. If you want to get your PB on a, on a, on a bench press or, a, or, a, or a, uh, whatever exercise you want to do, you can only do it when your mind tells you, oh, I'm ready for this, you know? Yeah. And it's the same on the track. If I'm not feeling uh, at my best, that's why health is like so key. Like, uh, uh, Keeping making sure that when I arrive, I'm feeling super, super healthy. There's nothing wrong with my throat, or mm. my nose, or my eyes, or my stomach. My nutrition has been amazing, and I know that I can win. And that's the the best thing that I can have. I know I've been going to the gym and I've been amping myself up for like this race here. Yeah. But I was going a lot to the gym because I was like, going to be after this, you know. And even the day before the test day, in the evening, I felt like I needed something. So I found a gym in the area and I went there at 10 p.m. And threw some weights around just you know just because not because it's going to do anything for me really to throw some more weights one more day yeah. but just because the mind you know, i woke up the next day and i could feel my my my, my shoulder yeah my yeah, yeah. Chest, and i was like yeah now i've got ready you know? and the thing is mentally it helps like, i think one one part of motorsport that's often been overlooked is the training aspect um and i'm not saying overlooked by by the athletes themselves like yourself but i mean from the general public i remember speaking to my dad back in like 2013, 2014, he's like, oh my gosh, you know, the Mercedes is so easy to drive back in Formula One. So like, I could drive it. I'm like, well, you couldn't because the G-Force would affect your neck and you don't have a, the capacity. So it's good to hear that um, the mindset for racer when it comes to the application is actually quite technical, as opposed to people thinking that you can just jump into any car, whether it's a Lamborghini or an F3 car or, or whatever. Um, I think it's 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 gonna become really tricky when you go to a high level. I reckon I could have anybody sit in this racing car and yeah. drive around the track in a way, and 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 I'm sure they'd be fine. It would probably be quite uncomfortable. And they'd be shocked at the <laughs> But apart from that, they'd be fine. 
the hardest part is when you start fighting for hundreds and, mm. and your body has to be so tense the whole time because you can only get it out of there. If you're sitting back like on a sofa, you're not going to do your best deadlift, are you? No. You're, you're wanting to be absolutely perfectly sharp and mind ready. And it's the same thing. That's why when I'm on the straight, I'm trying to get myself to relax my core. And yeah. It's like I need to like consciously relax my core because I'm trying to energy consume for a 24 hours. That's where it gets really exhausting. Gosh, that, that, that doesn't sound like, I mean, I love to drive, but I can only imagine myself going down the motorway, like trying to relax my core. I'd be, <laughs> it'd be over before it even started. Um, yeah. I mean, just, just briefly moving on to, on to this, this weekend's race. So it's the one weekend <laughs> or the one week, should I say, um, yeah. how do you feel? How do you, how do you contain your excitement about the one? Because it's obviously one of the biggest events on, on the calendar. <laughs> no, of course, but but yeah, how, how do you sort of manage that? It's true. <laughs> it's true. So fair enough. Fair enough. I won't. Um, I won't. I won't touch on that. But I think, from a, an excitement point of view, um, what gets you excited the most, or, or what gets you going about this particular particular race? It's historic, but but what? Why, why this race for you? Um, well, let's say first and foremost that there's a bit of a hype behind it. Like yeah. everybody talks about, you know, the Triple Crown. In yes. Monaco, Le Mans, and uh, Daytona. Indy, I think. Yeah. Is it Daytona? Daytona? Indy or? No, it's Indy. You're right. It's Indy. No. Uh, and uh, Le Mans, you know, Ford versus Ferrari, the movies coming out. And there's, yeah. There's a bit of hype behind it. So you're like, what is it? You know, what's going on? You know, I don't really know what this is all about. And then you arrive here and then you realize like the category that I race in is called LMP2, yeah. which stands for Le Mans Prototype. And you're like, okay, now I've driven the LMP2 car in, in Daytona. In yes. The 21st Daytona. I've raced in Asian Le Mans series. <laughs> That's the boss. <laughs> That's the boss. <laughs> like, wow, it's all the rubbish I'm talking about. <laughs> I've raced in Le Mans and all these places. And the car is a, is a great car to drive, but you can see that there's some odd things about it that you're not used to that you need to adapt. And you get here and you drive, you get in this car, we drove on Sunday on the test day. Yeah. And it's like, I understand that this car was literally designed for this track somehow. Mm. You know? It's That's just, impressive. Everything works, everything fits. It's like a, it's like putting on a perfect pair of shoes that just fit. Oh. You know? or, a, or, a, or a custom made suit. It sounds like a dream to be fair. And I, I think if, if I ever had the opportunity to race at Le Mans, it would probably be the highlight of, of my own personal career <laughs> from, from that perspective. Um, so, I mean, just, just lastly, because uh, I'm not going to keep you too long, but where do you see yourself potentially growing within the team? Because you're with WRT and Darry's been fantastic. Um, where, where do you see your, your career taking off? Because I think it has taken off, but I did some background research and I was quite impressed <laughs> um, before I reached out to oh. Daria. But, but yeah, we're... Where do you think it's up? Uh, uh, it's one of those things that, uh, the, you know, you can talk about the, the goal placing or dream setting, mm-hmm. stuff like that. I think uh, I spend more time, and, and I used to do it a lot, and now I spend more time trying to uh, appreciate race by race. Okay. And, uh, it's, uh, I used to always think, like, what do I want to do next? What do I want to do next? And I'm saying this now after having had two conversations today about what I want to do next year. But anyway, <laughs> uh, it, uh, it's, it, you, 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 you put too much emphasis on 
what you want to do the following year, you kind of lose track of what you're doing right now. And also, yeah, it's impossible to predict, and you don't even know what you're going to want, really. Like, mm. the contracts I signed this year was, like, in February, which is, like, super late. Normally, it's October, November or something. So it's always been a bit more different than I could have expected. But um, if, I, if I had the chance to, for example, race at Le Mans again, uh, a race in America, race in the World Endurance Championship, do this kind of stuff, I think that'd be really cool. It's my first year, and you just learn so much. And having a second year onto it is gives you so much more confidence and allows you to show your form better. So I guess that that would be probably the the, the optimal path that I would see today. But I mean, who knows? You know, everything always changes. Maybe I'll change to bobsleigh racing and, and and go to the Olympics. I mean, you never know. You could be the quickest bobsleigh person out there. You just, who's, 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 nobody knows because I haven't done it yet. So. True. I'm just gonna keep my mind open, and uh, I'm, I'm normally pretty good in a race, so probably stick with that. But you know, just trying to remember that the, it's more important about the, the race now than what I'm going to do next year. Yeah, fair enough. And I think lastly, um, one thing that my audience would love to know is what sort of advice would you give to someone who's just starting out in racing, whether it's sports cars, supercars, or even uh, spec cars? What What would be your sort of key point of advice? Probably not to listen to me because I'm an idiot at the time and I talk a lot of rubbish. But uh, if they really wanted to know something, um, well, I don't know. It depends on the person. But just I, I hope that what they're doing is what they really want to do and that they're, they're enjoying it. And, and to be constantly reminding yourself that there is uh, thousands of people out there that will give an arm to be where you are. Mm. And uh, that alone is something that uh, should get you getting a, getting a smile every morning. And uh, I, uh, I remember every day I think of the people that would dream uh, to be in my position. Yeah. And uh, that makes me uh, think like, you know what, it gets you out of your head. You know, you're so concentrated on being first all the time and winning and all of that. And that's important as well. But uh, it's sometimes more important to remember, you know, this is like really lucky that I'm even just here. And that alone gives you better results as well because he just keeps you humble and, and, uh, and relaxed and, and, and easygoing. So probably that's the, I'd, I would like to see that more in the motorsport world. Oh, fair enough. Fair enough, and I appreciate that. Um, but that, I mean, that concludes to today's chat. Um, if there's anything that you'd like to have a leave for um, my listeners, I'd be more than happy to, to hear about it. But everyone, please check out Ferdinand on social media. So on Twitter, check out WRT on Twitter as well. Um, and I'll also put his links in the podcast description as well. 